Welcome to Backstage with Jeff and Paige, the podcast that takes you backstage with children's musicians and environmental educators Jeff and Paige as they share their passion with you for raising the next generation of environmental stewards. Maeve here, your host. You may have seen me at the merch table sporting one of Jeff and Paige's purple Surprisemal Bear t-shirts. We at Jeff and Paige educate kids and their families about science, nature, and the great outdoors, but also about sustainable living and what it looks like to take positive climate action at home. We work to connect families with solution-based opportunities to enact change in their lives. In a sea of despairing climate change information, our goal is to be an empowering resource for the community. If there's one thing our work has shown us, it's that climate action and activism are multifaceted, and it takes many different roles, skill sets, and solutions to move this work forward. Today, we're here with Jeff and Page's local partners, Deliver Zero, Nude Foods Market, and the City of Boulder's Climate Initiatives to talk about the emerging path towards zero waste and the innovative solutions they've created to live more sustainably in the way that we consume food. Nude Foods Market and Deliver Zero have demonstrated the impact of creative collaboration and the superpower of teams with diverse strengths and skill sets working together to create climate solutions. Whether you're listening to this episode from Colorado, the home of these initiatives, or from the other side of the world, we invite you, our listeners, to explore with us today how small changes can make a big difference. Hi, everybody. It's Paige. I'm so excited for our show today. We have some really amazing people in the room to share, and I want to frame our discussion with a little bit of my own introduction. We are at a time where, as human beings on this planet, it feels like everything is shifting, and I believe it truly is shifting, and a part of a shift is often something that feels chaotic, nonlinear, and confusing. As an educator of children, I've worked really hard to create a message of positive hope and joy and connecting children to the natural world. And because of that, I do a lot of work connecting their parents as well. And so today's episode is especially for the parents out there who are maybe despairing of how to talk to their kids about this moment in time. It's confusing to feel like all the structures that we've set up are falling apart. But that's not where I want to go with our conversation today. Because in this room right now, I have three people who are working on the creative solutions to address these challenges that are facing our entire civilization. They are literally the change makers who are showing up to create new systems for us to work with. So thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let each of you introduce yourselves. And I'm going to start with Emily from the City of Boulder Climate Initiatives. Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paige. Thanks for having us. And we're really excited to be here and partnering with you guys as well. I'm Emily Freeman. I work at the City of Boulder in our Climate Initiatives Department as a policy advisor I've acted recently as the city's project manager for partnering with Deliver Zero to build a more resilient community by creating a systems change that will give restaurants the option to provide reusable takeout containers to their diners. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily. Rachel from Nude Foods. Hello. Hi. Um, I am Rachel. I'm one of the founders of Nude Foods Market. We are a zero-waste grocery store in Boulder, Colorado. 
And our goal is to make zero-waste shopping as easy and convenient as any other type of shopping. So when you come to Nude Foods, all of our products are already in reusable containers for you. You just shop like normal, bring those containers back when you're done, and we wash them and refill them. And we have Chris here from Deliver Zero. Hi, Paige. Thanks for having us. Um, I work uh, <clears throat> with Deliver Zero. We are a returnable, reusable container service. Um, our aim is to take the trash out of takeout. Um, we work with restaurants and uh, small grocers like our friends at New Foods um, to try to tackle the single waste issue that uh, we're mired in. So one of the reasons I got really excited when I started thinking about this podcast is that we have representatives in this room right now and on this podcast of people who are making these changes both at a government level um, at a pretty hyper-local level for now with Nude Foods, although I know you're aiming to expand, and then with Deliver Zero, reaching towards more of a national level of making these changes. Um, I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation, and I, I want to start it by just asking one of you, you can raise your hand, <laughs> um, what's, the, what's the problem? Why, what's the problem with um, the trash and the single-use stuff and even maybe the compostables? The problem is multifaceted. <laughs> um, a big problem is resources. So single-use containers or single-use anything take an insane amount of resources to create, even if they are compostable or recyclable. For example, most compostable containers are made out of corn. Corn is a very resource-intensive crop to grow. It's really bad for our soils. It's damaging a lot of our good farming land. Um, so it's not really a great solution. There's tons of resources that go into all these different types of packaging and whatnot, and then they are used for maybe 30 minutes, and then they get passed along. On the other side, most of them are not being taken care of properly. They aren't going in the right compost or recycling bin. Um, they contaminate different streams of compost recycling, and a lot of them just end up in the trash as well. It's also a little bit of a mindset issue that... We think we can just um, innovate our way out of these problems, which we can to an extent, but <laughs> there's there's not always going to be an easy solution. It's not always just, oh, you can buy this product instead of this product and it'll be good for the environment. Um, there's usually a lot more thought that has to go into it than that and some systems-wide changes that have to be made. You know, and one of the things that I learned years and years ago that has always stayed with me is that when we use a compostable cup or plate um, and it, it doesn't end up in the compost and it does go to the landfill, it actually produces more methane and is even more harmful than if you had chosen a traditional throwaway cup. So exactly. all those feelings of like, oh, we've got compostables now, it's a little bit of an intermediary step and it's not really a full solution. Chris, can you speak to that? What's what's the full solution? Yeah, I mean, the full solution is to ditch the single-use mindset, right? There are some, some critical hurdles to clear in that. Um, chief amongst them for us um, is convenience, right? We live in a culture of convenience, and if you know you have to get people off their couch, then you're at a distinct disadvantage to start with. Um, so that's something that we took into consideration when we started to um, brainstorm how we were going to 
go about tackling the the single waste issue as far as takeout containers were concerned. We knew that eventually we'd like to land on something where, you know, it was as easy as a, a click of a button, you know, but we had to take some steps in the uh, immediate birthing of our company in order to get to the proof of concept that was necessary to chat with the people who could make that happen, i.e. Um, the point of sale companies that restaurants use. Um, so we see it as, you know, a, a systemic problem that we're trying to, to give a, a small solution with a, a broader mindset, you know, which is to, to get away from single use. I think what Deliver Zero and Nude Foods are trying to do is make reusable as easy and convenient as single use. And that involves creating a separate system that runs on reusables and is in this circular system instead of this one-way stream that goes Ooh, to the I'm trash. I'm so glad you said circular system. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm wondering, Emily, if you could define this kind of, for me, it's been a little bit of a new term, circular economy for people. Yeah, sure, Paige. Um, so I think circular economy at its simplest is uh, a way that we are able to keep materials, products, and services in circulation as long as possible. It's really the down and dirty of that. So circular economy solutions really focus on how can we tackle global challenges such as pollution and waste and find ways that we can emphasize reuse and repair to keep those materials in use in our local economy for as long as possible. So um, just an example of that, for anyone who's not as familiar with these terms, um, we're talking about the single-use economy. So that is the idea of like I go to a coffee shop, I get my cup of coffee in a paper cup or a plastic cup with a lid, I drink it, I throw it away. That's the single-use or the, or the linear process. And the circular process is right now traditionally I bring my own mug, right? And I use that mug over and over and over again, and it's a circle. And it seems to me like the what what you're saying, Rachel and Chris, and this with the city of Boulder support as well, is that you're trying to make it so I don't always have to remember my own mug. So of course we all want to remember our own mugs. Everybody keep doing that. <laughs> but you're Chris and um, Rachel providing and creating a new system. So I don't have my own, for example, takeout containers, but I don't have to get it in trash. Can you walk me through, like, if I'm just, I've never heard of Deliver Zero, what's, what's it like to use your service? Yeah, absolutely. The, the bare bones of it all, it works out like this. You find a participating restaurant that uh, has the option to use our reusable containers you go online, order your meal. We have it listed as a menu item. You add that menu item to your cart, pack and deliver zero reusables. Um, that lets the restaurant know to pack that entire order in our containers. You receive the order. You eat the delectable food that the restaurant has prepared. Uh, and then we have a couple different options of how to return our containers. We have uh, static collection bins around town in some of our participating restaurants and at our friend's Nude Foods grocery store. And then we also have a uh, return at your door service where we will meet you at the couch 
and we will come and collect those containers from you. Um, we then take those to our uh, commercial washing and sanitization facility, at which point we uh, clean them and then we restock our restaurants with the containers so that uh, we can do this all again as soon as you're hungry. Awesome. It's true there's a problem, but doom's not inevitable. Changing our lives could be so incredible. Sound the drum, bum bum, the time has come. All the solutions are oh so attainable. Changing our lives to a world more sustainable. Sound the drum, bum bum, the time has come. Okay, so Rachel. When I saw that there was a zero-waste grocery store opening in Boulder, where I live, I was like, what is this? Nude Foods, tell us how it works. Nude Foods is really not that different from any other grocery store. You come in, you select the products that you like off the shelf, you put them in your cart, you pay for them, you take them home. The only difference is next time you come in, you save all of those containers. They're all 100% reusable. And you bring them back to us, we will wash them and refill them and put them back out on the shelf. And is there an extra cost for that? There is. There's a $1.50 deposit on every container, no matter what it is. And then when you return it, you get a dollar back. We do keep a 50 cent cleaning fee because we do have to clean, sanitize, and refill all those jars. Awesome. And is have you had much pushback on that? I'm curious. Generally not. Most people understand it once we explain it to them. The the biggest response we get is, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it does make your initial purchase higher because you have to pay for all those jars the first time. But then every time you come back, you get a discount on whatever you're buying. So it kind of cancels out and it feels good to get that little discount at the end. Oh, I like thinking of it that way. I hadn't actually made that connection yeah. in my head. Someone came in yesterday and they got several things, and but they had brought a ton of jars back and their total was like, $2.35. And that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a little game you can play yeah. if you're returning the jars. Um, I know one of the things that really struck me when I first went into nude foods is um, how clean and clear and, and modern it looks in there. And it took me a minute to realize that the reason why is that there's no packaging. So, <laughs> yeah, and that sounds really obvious, but <laughs> when you go to a regular grocery store, it's very colorful and there, there's a lot of things competing for your attention. And for me, who honestly tends to get a little overwhelmed by that, I, I've learned to prefer that at Nude Foods to having the jars and the clean look of the place. And I'm wondering how customers respond to that. That's actually a common response, what you just said. Uh, People really like being able to see their food. Normally with packaging, you can't see what's inside there. Or maybe you see a picture of it and then you open it up and you're really disappointed because it doesn't look like it was advertised. So it strips away kind of all that extra fancy branding and marketing and everything and you just get to see your real food. We also, besides just zero waste, we have a lot of emphasis on good sourcing and healthy food because we don't want to just be good for the planet. We want to be good for ourselves. So that's an important part. (laughs) And um, so you can see that there are whole food ingredients. There's not preservatives. There's not all this junk. There's very few processed foods at Nude Foods and everything comes from um, really high quality sources. It's organic whenever possible, local whenever possible. 
and just we we try to follow the supply chain all the way back and make sure it's as sustainable as possible. I think something that stood out to me, I, I did the the reusable um, Thanksgiving meal kit <laughs> for nude foods that they were offering, and uh, it could not have been more convenient. It was an amazing menu. Um, everything was was prepped in advance. But what really stood out to me was not just the convenience of that, but the feeling I had afterwards realizing how many times have I done Thanksgiving or a big holiday or just, you know, gone through my pantry and looking at the jars and knowing that that's not going to a landfill versus other times where I've probably thrown away (laughs) hundreds of thousands of different packages and just being able to sit with that for a moment and have this incredible feeling of being able to hand that back and knowing that that's going to be reused. It's, yeah, that's awesome. It's a priceless feeling. And yeah, our goal is really to make it so that you don't have to think that hard to do the right thing because it is so hard to do the right thing. <laughs> it is, and how do you even know what the right thing is? Like there's all these competing opinions and all this stuff going on. You would have to do research for five hours just to decide which coconut milk to buy, you know? And instead, we do all that work for you. All you have to do is walk in the door and you can feel at peace and feel just like you felt after your Thanksgiving meal. I'm so glad you brought up the idea of doing the right thing. Um, I think that that's such a tiring part of being an environmentally conscious um, and socially conscious citizen is always having this idea that you might be doing something wrong. I know that... Over the years, the what you know again going back to when I first became aware of the sort of environmental issues we're facing, it was like there's the recycling problem and there's the composting problem. If you were in a really advanced back in the '90s, you would have been talking about compost, but maybe not even. And then there's like the gas and the cars and there's the factories, and they were all in kind of these like separate categories. And where I think we're coming to now is the penultimate environmental issue that we're all facing is climate change. Um, And that's where all of these intersect. And a lot of it, I'm not going to say all of it, but a lot of it starts with consumerism and the mining of our planet for the resources to make the things that we need and use, whether that's the clothes or the food or um, the gas for our car. I'm wondering, as you work in these different areas from a local government to a local business to a more nationally focused business, how do you remember that the work that you're doing is so important? Or if I could say it another way, what keeps you going? What keeps me going? I have three little kids at home and I want them to live in a, you know, a world that's not totally ramshackled, you know? Um, I, I think you know, to touch on something that Rachel mentioned earlier, you have to recognize that you are a, uh, a piece of the puzzle, right? You're not the, the whole, you're not solving the whole thing by yourself. We're trying to create a, a reuse economy, you know, and we're laying the, the foundation for that right now with our, our two businesses um, and the support of, you know, government agencies like the city and county of Boulder, um, you know, and that's what it takes is all hands on deck. The, the important thing to remember, you know, and it's something that I lose sight of frequently, is that there's no perfect solution, right? The search for a perfect solution 
means you never get off the ground. You have to be pragmatic at turns and decide on what you can do to move things forward. And that's very much how we look at our day-to-day at Deliver Zero. I mean, we use uh, we still use high-density plastic containers, but I know at the same time that one of those containers has the potential to take 999 single-use containers out of circulation. So I know we're trending in the right direction. You know, all that to say, just make a small step every day. And if you make a small step every day, then you're going to make significant progress, you know, in, in short time. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I know that there's so much despair out there right now. And it brings tears to my eyes just to even talk about it because I've been there too. And when we start to learn about this, and especially as parents of children who are going to have to have these conversations with our kids if we're willing, or that our kids are going to find out about this problem, quote unquote, elsewhere, it can feel really despairful at times. And I think we can get really stuck in apathy or non-doing. And I very much believe that taking one small step every single day does help start to solve the problem. And we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. But after the break, the way I'd love for our conversation to go is how you see this systematic change starting to happen. We've been in a place where it's really been a lot of pressure on the individual and why this conversation and these people in this room right now are so exciting is that bigger things are afoot. Our program today is here thanks in part to our generous sponsor, Otis Oat Milk. Otis Oat Milk is not just sponsoring the music, entertainment, theater, and videos that you love. They're also sponsoring your experience of getting to see Jeff in rattlesnake pants that are just a little too tight for his body. And helping us provide time to fix Paige's Black Widow costume. Jeff and Paige celebrate sustainable, community-focused organizations and businesses by partnering with them to do great work in our community. Try Otis Oat Milk with a free delivery and reusable glass bottles right to your doorstep. It's fresh, it's creamy, it's delicious, and it's zero waste. That's Otis Oat Milk. OtisLove.com Welcome back, everybody. We're back from the break, and we're here with three amazing change makers: Chris from Deliver Zero, Rachel from Nude Foods, and Emily from the City of Boulder Climate Initiatives. Emily, turning towards you for a moment, what has your experience been like watching all of these initiatives come together? I think as the City of Boulder and even myself personally, we've been extremely excited to see how we can move away from a a society and a focus that even our own work has had on zero waste. And when you think about the term zero waste, we are still emphasizing waste. And the fact that we have that in that term allows us to still create and be okay and accept waste in our lives. And as we, in our work, in our own mindset, have pivoted towards a more circular economy, We've had to rethink how we approach our systems and our partnerships to be able to provide solutions to our residents, to our citizens, to those who work in and around Boulder. So those partnerships have been extremely critical for us to be able to achieve the city, the city's climate action goals. And so 
we we said we need to make those things happen. We can set a goal, but alone we can't achieve them on our own. So we were able to go out to bid and find different local companies that um, – offer reusable options. And that's how we ended up meeting Chris and Ashwin with Deliver Zero. And they were able to provide a direct service through their own company that helps us achieve the city of Boulder's goal to provide reusable takeout containers in all restaurants to all of our diners as an option. I think it's really amazing. I feel really lucky that I live in a place where um, the city is showing up to support the lifestyle changes that I want to see. And it's really amazing how the city of Boulder is, and the county of Boulder, Boulder County as well, I believe, are working with private companies to get those goals accomplished. Yeah, I, I think those partnerships are what's extremely key in that we we can set a goal, but we also have to figure out what are those mechanisms to drive change and how we can all be that change together. And I would love to also ask you, what would you say to someone who's maybe living in a different city that's not as focused on these types of initiatives? I think there's always little things that you can, can do yourself and just to kind of take it back to a personal level, my son is two and a half and his current favorite book is about Rosa Parks. And we're we're reading through this book and yes, he's two and a half, but he, at the end, the message is to be kind, be brave and think about one small thing that you can do to make change. So if you're in a community that doesn't have Deliver Zero, doesn't have a nude foods market, Bringing, bringing that bag with you to the grocery store, um, maybe thinking about bringing a small hand towel with you when you're going out instead of grabbing a single-use uh, paper towel when you're drying your hand, you can just reach in and pull out your washcloth, dry your hands, and just that simple act of trying to do one little thing, be, be brave and think of that thing that you can do would be my message to you in your own life. So I'm so glad you answered that that way, Emily, because I think there's been such an onus on the individual for so long in this environmental movement. And it's not going away, let's be honest. It's still it's still here. But here we are in this room talking about talking with people who, uh, who have been doing their own small changes, but it's turning into a big system change. Can, would either of you like to speak to that, what that feels like? I think it's really difficult as an individual to try and think about making change because the problem is so big, right? And we all have very busy lives. We we can only handle thinking about so many things. And what I have noticed with people around me that even care a lot about the environment and myself is like, we can try so much, but then you get overwhelmed and you're like, I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> I can't think about this anymore. So I think it is so important to have systems in place that make it easy to behave in a sustainable manner. Because if you are working against the system every day with every action you take, every decision you have to make, that's exhausting and that's not sustainable. Different type of sustainable. <laughs> also very connected, I believe, yeah, though. Absolutely. So we need to create systems that make it so we're going with the flow. And um, what I go back to is 
so sustainability and circular economy and all of that, that's what the Earth's been doing for 4.5 billion years. <laughs> it's been in this mode. Everything gets reused. Everything's part of the system. Everything works together really well. And then humans came along and were this little blip that kind of were like, well, we're not going to do it like that anymore. So we really just need to go back to how things were working before and learn to work with this environment that we find ourselves in. And it's not that hard. It feels really hard because we've created this whole separate system outside of that. But if we actually look at, you know, what the earth was doing before we came along and work with those processes and with the systems of recycling that the earth has already created, it actually makes a lot more sense to live in a sustainable, environmentally sustainable manner than to live in the way we've been going. Because, for example, oil. Let's say there's 100 gallons of oil on Earth. I know that's wrong, but just for, let's say there's, let's say there's a million gallons of oil on Earth and we are using 1,000 gallons of oil a year. Is that oil going to last forever? No. <laughs> but sunshine there's unlimited sunshine coming in all the time. We can use as much of it as we want and it will just keep coming. So learning to work within these systems that our environment has already created for us, it actually makes more sense than these artificial systems we've created. I just heard a quote from a spiritual teacher that I love, Eckhart Tolle, and he was talking about how we anytime we go back to something, and I'm referencing the idea of going back to how things were, like Rachel um, just mentioned, we we never actually go back. We go back, but with wisdom. And I loved that for so many reasons, for personal reasons, but also for looking at this moment in time for humanity, that we aren't going to go back. There's no going back. That's not happening. We don't want to go back. And I think it's kind of a common argument that people will make about technology and innovation and stuff. But what we will do is we will recreate, which we'll be revisiting, but with wisdom. So we've tried all this stuff on. It's not working. And as we shift it, it's going to be with wisdom, which I think is so exciting. I agree. How about you, Chris? So I started Deliver Zero out of my restaurant background. I worked in restaurants for over 20 years in Denver and Boulder, and I have a, a deep love for that industry. You know, I, I got to see a lot of the world and taste some wines and food that I had no business tasting. So it was always important for me to give back to that community in some capacity. Um, and you know, I was working on another project and this kind of fell in my lap and I looked for other people to, <laughs> to take the, the reins on it and for other solutions that might, might've been out there. And when I looked around, there was, there was nothing that I thought would scale. And that's what we need here. You know, we need, you know, going back to, to Rachel's point, you know, we need things that can broadcast this message widely and that are easy for people to use. Um, <clears throat> so I started looking at it, you know, from the perspective of a, a restaurateur. And that industry, like most industries, is notorious for um, the their inability and unwillingness to change. Right? They, you know, the common refrain there is, "Well, that's <laughs> that's the way we've always done things, so that's why we do it that way." And I 
just came to a, you know, a point in my career where I said, well, that's a pretty garbage answer. Like we can do better and you can actually make more money by doing the right thing. So we started to look at ways to dismantle the norms and provide uh, a service that was beneficial to the restaurants, to that structure and to the, the consumption paradigm on the backside. I mean, you know, I, I think we touched on it a bit, but, you know, consumerism is not going anywhere. You know, we have to figure out ways to be smarter in our consumption and more mindful, you know, and consume less, but we're still going to consume. And, you know, the, the structure is, is in place. So how do you, how do you move the structure without, you know, totally dismantling it? Because that will, that will zap all of your energy uh, trying to do something like that. And I think that's what, again, when I, when I come back to the excitement of this moment in time, it's like the structures are catching up with what I, how I want to live. And I, I, I keep referencing the nineties for some reason today, but I'm like really dating <laughs> They're myself. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, there would, there was no, there were no solutions. Like it, like I had to learn how to bring my own fork. I had to learn how to bring my own cup. Like those were the solutions slowly. And then they didn't feel like enough. And then you get into that despair place. And now it's like I walk out my door every day and I'm like, the solutions are happening. The shift is happening. And so for me, thinking of that person who's maybe feeling overwhelmed and like the little things that they are doing are not enough, those little things actually are slowly over time adding up to huge changes. And we have evidence of that with this alliance of human beings we have in this room right now. I just want to add, I think like, even though I might have mentioned like little things that you can do, you got to give yourself grace. There's so much you, you're like, well, I, I brought my hand towel and, but I didn't bring my fork and utensils. And it's, you can't do everything. And I think it, it is creating those systems. It's how can we create systemic change and create and support, especially from a government, local government side, is how can we see what those initiatives are and help support those innovative businesses that are out there, such as Deliver Zero and Nude Foods, and say, you are those systems and we want to find out how we can continue to support that and create those local government policies and and structures that will help continue to be successful and drive those changes because you can take those individual steps, but we have to find the greater solution and we have to do that all together. What really drives me as well is that our entire food system is broken. It's not just the packaging, but it's the way that we grow food and transport food and and everything. It's all completely one directional and it's depleting our resources and environment all around. And there needs to be outlets, grocery stores and restaurants that are interfacing with the public that support food that's being produced responsibly. There's a lot of farmers out there that are trying really hard to do the right thing. And it is so hard to be a farmer and a business person and everything else they have to do. <laughs> um, and if we can have these outlets at the, that, are, that are interfacing with the end user that are setting a higher standard, saying we will only accept products that hit certain standards that we believe are sustainable and can continue into the future. 
Um, I think it's really important to set that new standard and say this is what's acceptable. And there's already producers producing products that meet it and communicating that to the to the customer that, hey, this is what's okay and this is what you should be supporting and trying to just ease that whole transition along of from where we went to after the green revolution to where we are going with farming. As you were speaking about this, you know, I was thinking about my average trip to like a normal grocery store because I live in Denver, right? I don't live in Boulder. So I make the trek and I, I come to Nude Foods when I can, but the convenience, right? So if I walk into, you know, kind of your average grocery store and I'm picking up a tomato, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> no part of me is thinking about where that came from, what, you know, the journey of food, kind of the bigger picture of these systems and and what's going on. Um, so I think a lot of these initiatives are also inviting us to live more mindfully and really give thought to what we're supporting and how we're consuming. And I, I also, I realized that um, for those of us listening with kids, this is an incredible opportunity to not only support these initiatives, but to model what climate action looks like and how accessible it really can be because our kids are watching everything. And this is a moment where they can see meaningful, impactful change um, in, in the home, not just something that they're hearing about from a distance. And for those listeners that do have kids, especially young kids, uh, you're the ones that, and I'm right there with you right now, that are exhausted. You're working full-time. You're parenting full-time. How do you possibly also have time to remember your reusable fork? <laughs> and some days you might and some days you might not, and it's all okay. And um, I, for one, as a, very specifically as a parent, was thrilled to learn about the Deliver Zero offer because we do use takeout occasionally, and it is a godsend for us at times during a busy week. So to be able to choose from the website the restaurant that is available that has Deliver Zero just feels so much better. And I think partially because we've been having a lot of these conversations in our home. Just the other day, I needed to buy eggs like um, at a regular store, and there's actually an egg shortage right now, which is a whole other thing. But um, the only eggs they had were those ones that were like um, like plastic and then double plastic on top. <laughs> and my and I was just like, that's just what I'm buying. Like I'm not going to go out of my way to get, get other eggs. This is happening. It's not a big deal. Um, but my son, who's eight – like opened the eggs the next day and he goes, oh my gosh, this is so much waste. Mm -hmm. And I was so proud of him. And it was like, I didn't talk to him about that. I didn't tell him that. I didn't, he didn't, it, he wasn't shamed by it. It was just like an awareness of what is and that that is not how our eggs normally look. Jackson is two and a half. And I think because of the conversations I have with him at home, his favorite toy right now, and I'm quoting, is compost truck. <laughs> so he, we just talk about it like at home and he knows when he's got his food, he's like, oh, this goes in compost. And he's like, he puts the plate up on the counter. But when you order from like Deliver Zero, you are ordering and bringing your food in from Nude Foods, you can just say, "I'm we're taking this back to the store and we've popped in to nude foods and dropped off deliver zero containers. And he's like, he gets to be a part of it. And so I just kind of invite him in 
whether it's a conversation at home or he loves to be able to walk up and like reach up and over, which is really not that hard. But for a two and a half year old, he gets to reach up and over into that bin and drop it in there. And so it's just that for me, inviting him in to participate, whether it's in a conversation or that action has been, I think, how I bring my views of sustainability, of circular economy, and really just create that as an experience for him. And especially with the little ones, to keep the conversation in a realm that they can handle um, and to not overshare about environmental issues is so nourishing for these kids that are going to keep growing up and learning about this, but hopefully at developmentally appropriate stages for what their brains can handle. So I love the image of the two and a half year old helping return the container and, you know, my eight year old having the awareness of that thing being more waste than he's used to seeing. But I'm not at home telling him about polar bears dying, right? (laughs) And there's so much out there that does that too fast and too soon. And so I think I'll um, start to wrap up here with just the reminder for those parents that are listening um, that we have a lot of resources available for you through Jeff and Page's offerings for how to talk to your kids about climate change, how to keep the conversation in a place that will lead to positive actions forward that are not grounded in despair. And um, Chris, do you want to add anything? I'll, I'll ask each of you if you want to add anything and then we'll. No, I, I just, I would like to echo what Maeve said about, you know, modeling the solutions because you can talk to your kids, um, uh, you know, on different levels at different times in their development. But when we model those solutions, you know, they, they see that they absorb everything, right? Like we, you know, those of us with, with little ones can see that, you know, the good and the bad, the, uh, the important thing is to, to walk the walk, you know, and they see that and then they start to do that, you know, without hesitation. Um, yeah, that's, that's the, the crux of it for me. I've also seen things happen the other way around a lot where, as communities and schools start to adopt more change, the kids learn about it and then they push their parents to change, especially parents that are of a certain generation that really didn't grow up with these types of thoughts. It seems like their kids can often be the most powerful motivators. I'm so glad you said that, Rachel, because that's like literally what we do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jeff and Paige's offerings are focused on a joyful, imaginative play of connecting kids to nature and sustainability. And so many of our offerings actually are targeted at the whole family, but it starts with the kids a lot of times, always for us with an awareness that we never want to put the onus on the kids, but that we want to give them an invitation to explore this, and then they get their parents get to come along. Chris, Rachel, Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to have this chat. Thank you so much. Thank you. Big love to Jeff and Paige. Thanks for having us. If you feel inspired to explore any of these zero waste initiatives in your own life, we would love to connect you with Nude Foods, Deliver Zero, and the City of Boulder's Climate Initiatives. Visit jeffandpage.org and click the Climate Action page for more info. Thanks for listening to this episode and for being a part of this work. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. 
You can also keep in touch with Jeff and Paige on social media at Jeff and Page or through their mailing list at jeffandpage.org. If you want to support Jeff and Paige's work and help them reach more children with science and nature education, visit rainbowsocks.jeffandpage.org to make a donation. The link is in the description show notes. We'll see you on the trail. And they're looking for a couple more. 21st century energy super. 21st century energy super. 21st century energy superheroes.